Today on the show, we welcome in Tobin Wall, who shares his experiences on his website, goodfatdad.com. Tobin is listed as one of the top 50 bloggers by babyspot.ca. Tobin's work has been featured on websites like The Washington Post, Fatherly, Disney's Babble, Scary Mommy, Mojo Sports, and RainbowKids.com. Tobin joins us today to share his story, talk with us about parenting in this day and age, social media usage, kids, adoption, sport, and much more right now. Ball Boy Media presents the Young Dad Podcast with your hosts, the Young Brothers, Jay and Aaron Young. It's about that time for you to pull up a chair, grab a juice box, grab a snack, come sit down and talk with us for a little while. I have an 18 year old kid who played somewhere in Florida, I think in the Miami area, who's Mm -hmm. now been drafted. He's their number two prospect or something globally. And he pitched the other night and he pitched like four innings, didn't give up a hit. Like his fastball was 95. His slider was 82. It was just it's ridiculous. Crazy. So we get a lot of we get spoiled by talent. Plus, whenever they rehab anybody from the big clubs, they send them here because the facilities the are best part. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, when I lived in Arizona, I lived in Flagstaff, so we would pop down for like a weekend of spring training games and hang out, go to a bunch of games, and it was super fun. I loved it. It was so great. Yeah, it's amazing, dude. I love baseball. But nobody in my family likes baseball. I've tried to convert all of my ki- children to baseball fans and players, and it, I'm 0 for 5. So oh, um, there you go. I'm 1 for 1 so far. My oldest daughter, she does t-ball. She's done t-ball <laughs> two years now. Nice. Um, she's gotten a lot hey, better with coach. her fielding. You're the I coach, coach, right? Oh, I that's coach. brutal. I, coach. I, I think I wrote – it's funny. Everything blurs together that I've written now. But I, I wrote yes. something about how bad t-ball sucks. And it's basically comes down to like, it's just so slow for the kids at that age. And it's like, how do you keep kids? I love baseball. I love the game of baseball. I love everything yes. about it. But T-ball is awful. I think, I can't remember. I think I posted some ideas like putting hula hoops out and trying to have the kids hit at the hula hoop. And Yeah. Like, so there's a bunch of things it, that I've done. Oh, it's brutal. Like tennis, you know, I'm a big sports guy, so we'll go right now. So tennis has kind of mm. reinvented itself with the younger kids because they figured out that no kids could hit the ball chase after the damn thing for an hour so they're using yeah. different size balls and bounce capabilities like i think every sport is gonna have to do that just because kids attention span now is nothing you know so no i agree so for my team i've been i've been fortunate to where last year i had a really good engaged group and it's all about just making sure it's structured from the very first practice like <laughs> you know colors and cones and you stand here you stand there you go here you go there you know, and just learning the kids' names and just really yeah. like putting your foot down from the beginning is super important for when you're coaching, especially T-ball and like kindergarten, first grade levels. Because like you said, their attention spans are nothing. They're not, mm-hmm. they're not great, but I've just been, I felt really lucky, even though I've had really poor participation this year for my team. Like we had, we have 12, 13 kids on our roster and we had seven show up for picture day, mm. which is like, that's every middle-aged white woman's like that's her thing that's where she's gotta have her kid picture day for yeah. sure like no matter what i will get my kids a picture day no that didn't happen which is not to be like racist or stereotypical or anything no, but no, yeah yeah it's that's the facebook that's the ultimate facebook post like, exactly like 
Exactly. That's that is the Instagram post. Like first year of T ball. Look how cute they are in their little <laughs> uniform and stuff like that. But oh, that's great, man. I love it. Well, God bless you for doing that. I know seriously, like to volunteer it's, for it's that. It's truly so, the Lord's work. It's truly the Lord's work. It, it really is. And it's funny because I was always the dude that never volunteered but always got tabbed when it came time because everybody knows I'm involved in things and it yeah well, well it's such a cool like honor that people think of you in that way there are times where I'm like I just want to sit for this like we have a yes. all my kids, all my kids do soccer right and yes. my youngest is seven and she's kind of coming up through the non-serious rank so I could actually do that because I don't know anything about soccer but I know the game well enough to and I know kids and every single season I get Hey, I know that I know the director. He's always like, Toby, 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 we're down a coach. Is there anyone? And I'm like, dude, yeah, please. Like this. You, and, the, and the hard part, I love, I would love to coach. I would love nothing more to it. But you know, this, it basically locks you into the one kid. So, like, to the extent you have practice games or anything, you're going with that one kid. And it's like, okay, honey, you have the other four kids. You go do your yeah. thing. But no, I, it's I tough. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, so I'm really fortunate that I have a little age gap right now. And, you know, the only reason I did it again this year, I was really on the fence about it. I was just going to, you know, ride my board position out, worry about the <laughs> fundraising for the league and not coach and just try to be a parent this year. But then it was like, well, if not you, who else is going to be teaching your kid I quality know. baseball? And it's like, hmm, I don't really know any. Like, yes, I have some amazing parents that would probably be great, but I 100% doubt that they would have, like, stepped up and done it from the beginning. Yeah the thing it's, and it's like oh i trust myself to teach kids baseball because i know baseball in and out upside down left right everything and i can i can work with kids like i have two kids on the spectrum on my team i have two girls i have twins again this is two years in a row i got stuck with twins on my team um so a set of twins two kids on the spectrum a couple girls um a couple other kids that just have like attention issues i mean they're five-year-old boys so it's natural yeah. Uh, and then I have two kids that are like just really, really good. And I'm like, why are you guys in T-balls? Okay. Cause it's your first year. So, um, <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's, it's super fun. What, I enjoy it. What's, what's cool is even to this day. So I pick up my children from school every day. I'm so fortunate mm-hmm. that my job gives me flexibility to do that. Cause it's one been one of the nicest covid lingering effects for me as i'm able to go every day to the school and during those trips to the school there's a little guy who's in an adjacent building of my kids and his mom picks him up every day and every time i pass her on the street she rolls down the back window and it's my little buddy lincoln he's hi coach toby hi coach toby and it's like so meaningful like i i I absolutely love that so as much as i complain and i'm like oh my god it's a labor of love and it's thankless that is pretty priceless right there. So you're doing yeah. you're doing a good job, man. No, and I had a couple kids that I saw around the complex this last weekend. They like ran up to me. They're like, Coach Jay. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't remember your name, but I recognize your face. You're just bigger now. Um, and then I was able to catch up with parents and talk to people and just like, you know, have a You'll be surprised, dude. You'll be surprised. Like now that I have older children and I was involved when they were young, you'll be surprised. I was on a soccer field probably three years ago mm-hmm. and there was a team that we were playing my daughter was playing in up and i saw i saw this really tall skinny girl that was really good and i thought god i know her but i re- i didn't recognize her but i recognized her parents and i said are you sage 
oh my god and they're like oh my god coach toby and we were talking like it's probably been 10 years nine ten years so you'll be surprised man like all the different things that come back your way maybe that's karma maybe that's the universe rewarding you for this thing yeah i think it's something you know but no i'm really grateful that i get to be involved and i get to help out and i get to coach it's i mean i love it i love doing it granted i have a week left and i'm not counting down the final three games or anything but you know it's it's been it's been rough you know low participation it really wears on you as a coach it makes you think like am i doing something wrong and you're like well it's not me it's those parents like why did i sign up in the first place and yeah they're in way over their head. They have so many activities going on. Like maybe they thought they could squeeze it in without really like realizing well, what that you're doing be a two, three day a week kind of thing. What you're doing right now is kind of what my whole dad thing online stuff is about. I mean, it's about this idea that we're so like, we just love being dads enough to constantly worry about being dads, no yes. matter if it's our kids or others, you know? So it's, we we just have that right i mean you and i exactly that's that's pretty powerful stuff when you actually kind of like take a breath and you have a quiet moment amongst all the things you're doing it's like oh that is pretty cool man and you know yeah it's it can be frustrating and it's a grind and there are times where i'm just like oh my god especially i have teens now but dude it's uh yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, you, these the memories you're creating with your kids will never be. You can't substitute those. Man. Yeah, so that's cool. they're priceless. I'd rather be part of the memory than hear about it later. There you kind go. Of thing. So, but our listeners are probably wondering who the heck I'm talking to and what the heck we're doing here, just talking about coaching and little league baseball. Guys, this is Toby, uh, Toby Walsh, aka the Good Bad Dad. He's listed as one of the top 50 bloggers by BabySpots.ca. Tobin's work has been featured by the Washington Post, Fatherly, Disney's Babel, Scary Mommy, Mojo Sports, and RainbowKids.com. Tobin was born and raised in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. He is the second of four boys raised by two teachers. He now lives in, I believe, Palm Harbor, Florida with his wife, Amy, and their five children, Yosef, who's 15. At least when I wrote this, they were 15. I don't know if they've grown up since then. Lyndon, 13. Viviana, 12. Everett, 8. And Emerson, 5. His day job, he's a financial controller. But his true passion lies with blogging, podcasting, parenting. He says he does his day job to provide, um, but then he writes to share knowledge, help others, and as and he uses it as a medium for his own catharsis, like most writers, myself included. Tobin, thanks for coming on. It's a pleasure to have you. There's our formal greeting. Uh, we can go back. Yeah, to and like about I told you before, more. two things about that, that that had me laugh. Jay, thanks for having me. By the way, um, two things. Uh, number one, I definitely need to update that because my children are now 17 at the old end and seven at the young end. So that tells you how diligent so I am. 17, yeah. 17, 15, 14, 10 and seven. So seven. Yes, sir. Yeah, there you go. There's, so that's that. And we're going to have a quiz on all their names later and you can't cheat. So they, I can, usually I can do what it, I want. It's funny. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's yeah. Good, good point. But it's funny because as soon as you <laughs> say I have five children, anybody, they immediately like, there's two reactions. Like usually it's kind of a gasp or they say, excuse me, like, excuse me. Like, or it's like your poor wife, wife, poor wife, yeah. but so five all kids, of those so children think. aren't natural children. Correct. Yes, my oldest is adopted. So we adopted him from Ethiopia. So he's a he's a young black man who's seventeen. Uh, he, yeah, he's a joy. Uh, my, and my young, but the rest are all biological kids. So we have seventeen year old is adopted. We and then 
Um, a good trivia question I always stump people on is I was 29 with no kids and or excuse me, 29 and a half with zero kids. And by the time I turned 30, I had two kids. So it's always like, and they're not twins. No, I, and everybody's I, always like, I what? I mean, granted, I know the context now, but obviously you adopted yeah. one. And then right as you guys were in the process of adopting, boom, we're mm. pregnant. Like so graciously yeah. happens so often, which is crazy because I hear that same thing. Like we were just looking to adopt, you know, there may have been fertility issues there may have just been this or that, or, you know, we just, you know, adoption was like really strong for us because we went here, we met this kid and we really wanted this child, you know, we connected kind of thing. And then during the adoption process, boom, we're pregnant. And now we have two. Yeah. Um, we hear that a is, lot. It's um, crazy how that works out. We didn't have the traditional um, fertility type problems. We actually were married. So it's funny because everybody in my life now assumes that I've had children for a long time because they just kind of know me as the guy with a bunch of kids. Yeah. My wife and I were married for almost five or six years before we started our family. And I remember it's funny to think back then now because we do have so many children and everybody knows this as the family people. But I remember people were like, are you going to have kids? Like, what's your guys' story? Yeah, like when, when's it happening? Like, you've <laughs> yeah, been exactly. married five, six years, you know? Come and on. we didn't have, yeah, we really didn't have uh, fertility problems per se, or we didn't know. I mean, obviously now we know we don't, but we just, we had, uh, actually the, the adoption story is interesting. We, a friend of mine at work, I struck up a conversation with him at that time. And he started talking about how he was going to adopt a child from uh, China. And I'm like, what? This at this time we were living in Iowa. My world was really small. I was born, raised, and educated in Iowa. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you can do that? That's so weird. Like, why would you do that? That's crazy. And so I was telling my wife at dinner that night. We were no kids, you know, you know, five, six years into marriage. And she's like, and we had gone. We her dad is from Africa, so we went to Africa that that next. And summer. so, were you guys pregnant yeah. at this point yet, or trying, no, or starting no. to try, or? Not really. I mean, okay. I don't think we were against being parents. We were just kind of like, kind of cool with life, you know, we just kind of settled in. Um, but we we decided after we got back from Africa, I was like, hey, man, I wonder if there's programs to adopt kids in Africa. There's obviously a huge need and poverty is, mm-hmm. you know, poverty stricken country. And, oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. So anyways, we started looking into it and then it just kind of happened. I mean, we just went through the process and it that process, holy cow. I mean, that was probably as, I mean, all in, it probably took us about 16 months. And we initially said, hey, we want a baby, baby. We want an infant. Mm-hmm. And so Ethiopia was the way to get an infant at that time. Now, when we we first knew about Yosef, who's my oldest child, mm-hmm. who I write about a lot, um, he was actually about 12 months old. And so, if, you know, I will be honest, that first when you go through the process, it's kind of awful. Like you kind of pick and choose like a, almost like a menu per se. Yeah. What you're open to or not. But I remember our social worker going like, you have got to be honest with yourself here because you cannot get a child and raise a child that you're incapable of raising. So while you feel like a jerk saying, I can't deal with whatever you can't deal with, some kind of physical yeah. disability, blah, 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 intellectual mm-hmm. disabilities, you have to be really honest with you about your capabilities. Be. And she, we had never been parents yet. So that process, holy cow, we went from like, hey, this is this sounds cool to like, holy crap, this is happening in, you know, eight months. And so mm-hmm. like Christmas of 2005, we saw a picture of Yosef um, and we decided right then he was going to be ours at that time. I think 
So my first biological child was born in September. So I guess we were probably pregnant or close or early or mm. whatever. But yeah, we went full steam ahead, man. And then it's been dust in the rear view ever since. I so mean, how it's old been was Joseph full... when you guys adopted him officially? Or like when you he guys was... got him and started caring for him? We arrived in Ethiopia uh, April of 2007. He or, No, excuse me. April of 2008. So he would have been 16 months old. Okay. So it... It was, but honestly, in hindsight, it's just like weird stuff happens for reasons, you know. I'm not sure we would have been great with an infant, infant, like a six week old type of. We we had yeah. no experience. I remember we were in. So the way it worked is you you basically arrived in Ethiopia and you met your child, and they kind of said, "Hey, you can take them with you to this house they put you in with other adoptive families, or you can leave them here." And we're like, "Well, of course he's coming home with us," you know, because we were his parents, you know, and we didn't, mm-hmm. I remember waking up and going, I have no idea what I'm doing. And it was kind of the first like, Oh shit moment of my, yeah. You literally go to bed one night and you go to bed in the United States being like, okay, <laughs> I'm cool. I'm married. I'm great. I'm 29. Life's great. And then literally the next day you're in Ethiopia adopting a child. And then that next day you have a child. No, I know. And a it's like month old child. I remember the first, like we, we had had Yosef with us for a couple of days and nights over there. Cause they, you basically stayed there for a week ish and you kind of got acquainted and finalized paperwork and you had to see the mm. embassy and blah, 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 all the bureaucracy crap, yeah. but it was going well. And I'm like, yeah, like, and at that time it's like, you just kind of occupied them, like almost babysat, you know, just cause you're getting yeah. used to each other. And um, I remember somebody's like, hey, is there a little bathtub we can use? Like one of the other families. And I'm like, oh, crap. We should probably give our son a bath. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. We, we don't were think just, about it. You don't think about it. We were it. winging it, dude. Like we were absolutely winging it. Like it, to think back, honestly, now I've been a parent for, you know, how many? Yosef 17, so 16 years. Mm-hmm. I just, golly, all of us at some point in time are winging it. And it's that's kind of what I write about, right? It's just like, mm-hmm. hey, it's yeah. okay to not, you know, well, nobody's an expert, you know. I can have a PhD and not be an expert because exactly. every day something new happens. Every day something happens in my house that I'm not prepared for, but yes. I better damn well get to the bottom of, you know, because I have five little humans that are relying on me to keep my cool and push through. Yeah. And so it's it's been crazy dude and i tell you what i it's been the most crazy exhausting tiring expensive thing that's so rewarding in hindsight i mean it's hard it's talking to people like you jay just reminds me just so fortunate we're just so fortunate yeah no it's it's really cool that you mentioned that it's every day something different it's something that is going to be unexpected i mean especially in your situation it was literally you know, within that first year, you went from adopting a child and then all of a sudden you have a brand new baby mm-hmm. and you're dealing with brand new baby stuff, you know, middle of the night stuff that you didn't experience the first time, yep. you know, and it's all, it's all con- continuously being new. You just went from, you know, Yosef was what, he was almost two when Lyndon was born. Yep. So he so was he's walking and talking and yep. blabbing and chilling and potty training and sleeping and all that good stuff. Eats by himself and you know yeah. he's independent. They like get two they're independent, but 
you know, it's a lot of it is winging it. I remember when I first got divorced and separated, I had a four month old or five month, four or five month old. Um, I, I didn't know what to do. I mean, by myself, you know, I was so used to raising the first one with, with someone and I was working overnights a lot and working, just, just working. And so I wasn't around a ton for that infant stage because of work and how the circumstances that were at play there. So I was like, this is so new to where I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to cry with you right tonight. Cause that's all I understand how to do is just cry with you right now. And that's all I can do. Um, yeah. So it's crazy, but yeah, we are winging it even, even today, you know, I feel like I got it more or less pretty figured out with the almost six year old and a two and a half year old. Now, like I know these kids, like, yeah, they're crying, but they're fine. <laughs> like I'm going to let it yeah, go. I, tell but... you what, I think, I think what we call figuring it out in parenting is just like a better expectation of what's to come unless something goes wrong. Right. So yeah. on a daily basis now, I could probably draw out how the day will go. Like we, I'm trying to think back. So if you take me in the far back machine, 10, 15 years of my parenthood journey, right? Mm -hmm. I simply wanted my sons and my new daughter at the time to just sleep through the night. Yeah, like I just wanted that, right? I just wanted to wake up at 630. I just wanted six consecutive hours of sleep. And you can't wait to the day that you have that, right? Until... Fast forward to today, and I worry about my 17-year-old making curfew at 12 o'clock. And I know I got to get up at 4 in the morning to go do my morning run. And so it never mm -hmm. comes. And it's it's always going to be cheaper, right? They're going to get out of daycare. And, oh, my God, I'm going to have so much money. Yeah, it's like oh, yeah. all this stuff, right? The next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Yeah. I wish I would. I wish, I really wish I would have been better present during those young years because honestly jay a lot of the hindsight stuff i forget like i really do like i remember distinctly big deals like i remember going to ethiopia and picking up my son i remember the first moment i would laid eyes on him but mm -hmm. i don't remember much about my third child because she was so good like my first daughter mm -hmm. just was chill man like chill and mm -hmm. i remember being tired and preoccupied and i remember what she looks like but I don't really remember consciously a lot of like things I should, right? It's because I was yes. just so preoccupied and trying to do it all all the time, you know, and wishing for that next thing, wishing for her to crawl, wishing for her to walk. Yes. To sleep, yeah. I remember that with my youngest daughter. Yeah. Dad, you know? So I think that's, that's the only thing in hindsight, like it, that wishing for the next thing is, is something I, I would tell if anybody asked me about young parenting, I would say, just don't wish for the next thing, man. Like, yeah, it's, no, I, it's hard to have an infant, but man, yeah. it's don't forget it. You know, like I felt like every baby I had, my wife had and came home with us. I had forgotten what it was like because I was just so busy just trying to survive it, you know? And yeah, I, I carry that burden. You know, I wish I would have been different. No, I, I can a hundred percent agree with that. I remember looking back and, going and visiting my aunts and I was like man you know my oldest one was walking and talking by this age and then my aunt would just tell me well all kids are, are different they all grow up differently they all progress differently like just enjoy it like she'll get there she'll get there don't worry about it like she's fine there's nothing wrong with her like she's gonna get there when she gets there and now she walks and runs and blabs and when at, at her was it her either her 18 my youngest when she was like 18 months or something or 
two or something. The doctor is like, is she using like one to two word sentences? I'm like, no, not yet. Um, I was like, no, I don't, I don't think so. Like, is she supposed to like, she's like, yeah, she should be using like one to two word, like little sentences and things like that. And fast forward six months later, she just had her two and a half year well checked and she talks in five, six word sentences. And we were at a baseball game the other night, a dust devils game. And we were sitting behind a uh, speech language pathologist for young kids ended up talking to her and stuff. And she was like, listening to your two kids has been the highlight of my night. Um, I was like, Oh, that's so sweet. She's like, I'm a speech language pathologist. And I love, I love that. Like I can see your daughter, like how old is she? Is she like three, three and a half? I'm like, she's two and a half. She's like, wow, that's amazing to just like hear like her like sense of language at this age is like, so like, well, yeah, and it's like you par. Yeah. And it's like, they're, they're, they're just like complimenting you. Cause it's like, yeah, I know she's really yeah, smart. And it's like, like they're just sitting there eating a snow cone on the ground yeah. of our seats, you know, getting <laughs> snow cone all over the, the stands. Love and it. I'm like, and then I'm like, yeah, Love like it. she has such a great, you know, role model in her big sister because my oldest daughter loves to read. She's read like 10,000 something words for AR this, this school year in kindergarten. And now That's she's amazing, like, dude. I'm just going to read. I'm like, okay, go ahead and read. And she's like, I don't need help reading. Yeah, I, mean, I can the read other everything thing, now. The other thing that's really cool, like, you know, so I have five kids. You have, you have two? You just have two. I have two. And then Aaron has two. Um, He's not going to join us, but um, Aaron has two. And then he has one on the way as well. Oh, so. okay. So the nice, you know, the, the fun part about fun part about parenting too is as i think about all my my five kids they're all so different you know like yes i feel like i've raised them all in the pretty much copy paste right i mean yeah you know all of it a couple and edits here and there all, and i'm telling you they all have different needs they all get mm-hmm. triggered by different things they all get emotional about different things even my boys you know and now i'm starting boys to are see the most it's, boys are the most emotional <laughs> like girls know well, they're you. emotional you know like even mm. like my little girls, they know they're emotional. They know they have these big emotions, but they know that they see little boys in their class are like this little boy today did this and this and this and this and was all over the place. And I'm like, whoa, okay. Well, I tell you what, I I feel like the thing I do notice about particularly my younger two. So I basically have three that are teenagers and two that are in elementary school. So it's interesting because yep. it's kind of like two separate tranches of kids. So my yeah. older ones. So the older ones, it's interesting because this phase of parenting is really about you're starting to see who they are, like who they are, like what they want to do, what their independent interests are. They tell mm-hmm. you their likes and dislikes as they're happening versus like in hindsight going, you know, I really didn't like that baseball game. It's boring, you know, whatever. Um, and then my little ones, though, it's about kind of seeing inklings of who they are and trying to foster that and if it doesn't work then just trying to see another inkling and foster that so Mm -hmm. i tell you what i I think it's just such an interesting deal because you can raise them exactly the same exactly and all of them have such different needs but i mean that's kind of what makes you reinvent yourself every time you have a child as a dad or you're like Mm -hmm. oh my god this my daughter's so needy oh my god oh my son is so chill you know it's that's what keeps it pretty interesting. I think that's why I've kind of my writing has survived as long as it has. I, you know, it's it it's just every like I've been doing. I've been pretty teen 
heavy lately on my blog, but mm-hmm. you know, there were there are times where I go through these spurts of kind of younger kid elementary school stuff. There's times where people ask me about infant type stuff, and I don't do as much of that anymore because I'm a little bit out of it. But yeah, I tell you what, it's it's uh, everybody has their different things, man, and it's I hope it's cathartic to somebody to read what I'm thinking about parenthood. Yeah, no, it definitely is. I mean, I read your stuff. I think it's great. I mean, it it helps kind of seeing what's ahead or what could be ahead. And then, you know, relating to it right now as well, because it's like, it's like where I'm here and it's interesting for me to do the same thing. Like I just finished writing this really massive project I took on myself. Um, I wrote a 12 part blog series called The Well-Balanced Dad Diet. Each one is at least 12 to 1600 words. Um, So however that mass out, it's, it's a lot. And then each one has a like a video going with it and whatnot, like a short little audio uh, podcast to go with it, because obviously you have to. Um, (laughs) And it's just been really cool to see some of the feedback on that. It's like, man, this is really helpful. Like, I'm kind of in the same spot. I'm in a similar spot. Like, I kind of get it, but, you know, this is applicable to me in this way. Um, And then what I do in in working in mental health, working with children, youth, and families, you know, it's the same thing. You know, I get to apply a lot of these things and apply them, like, day-to-day, week-to-week, day to, and inside and out. So I, I, I have definitely a visitor enjoy. behind me. I'm sorry. You're fine. Visitors are welcome. Uh, <laughs> well, no, do you find uh, – so interesting enough, uh, you triggered my uh, thought here. So interesting enough, I you know, I hear more from moms than I do dads about my work. Do you find that to be the same or no? It's actually interesting. Every time I look at my statistics, I mean, I can look at them right now, but when we first started – we were like 60, 40, like female to male on like Spotify and like 70, 30. And at one point, probably through our first like 10 to 15 episodes, like it was, it was a huge difference, um, which kind of blew my mind. Now we're kind of just dominant on Apple with most of our listenership, which is, you know, kind of where it's at, but, and our demographics have changed to where we're now 93.6% male to 5.7% female and whatnot. But that's that interesting. A year ago I, when we started, it was completely different. And so I guess there are, I do have a lot of female friends, mom friends that do listen and like follow the show and stuff. And they were really like, they're like, yeah, that was cool to hear like um, Don Brody. Don's amazing. Shout out to you, Don. You're amazing. Um, and then last week we had Erin on and she was amazing just talking about like divorce and stuff with her. But, you know, it's the resonation with, a female audience is that it just, it helps give that perspective to them. There's this really awesome podcast. Um, it's called the un uncut mom, uncut motherhood, something like that. I don't, I can't remember her name that hosts it. I really want to get her on, but she just like cuts it raw. And I love the raw perspective. Um, and that's really what our show is like very as well. It's just like, we just want to cut it, cut it dry, you know, cut it, cut it how it is. You know, we don't want to fluff it up. We don't want to make a lot of edits or changes. Like, we just want the perspective. And I feel like that's what it's all about, honestly, through the catharsis. Is yeah, I mean, it's, it is interesting. It can be a little bit of a slippery slope. I know that there are times where, so everybody knows I do this, all my friends and close acquaintances. So it is funny because you hear from a lot of wives, you hear from a lot of mothers, and you also 
people when they start talking about their kids to me, at least guys, they're always kind of like, are you going to, you can tell they're trying to feel you out. Like, are you going to write about this? Like, right. especially if it's, if it's shady, you know, like, oh, my son got in trouble for this. And I'm going like, yeah, yeah. So it is funny. It's like the classic dad conundrum. Um, yeah. The guy who's like, completely transparent about stuff, you know, like this could be content. This could be content for me because I, yeah. I love like that perspective of it because it just gives me like, at least, I mean, you probably understand this, but when you're having a conversation or just your day-to-day interactions, you know, it sends like little sparks of ideas and stuff. Usually you forget about them come the end of the day when you're actually like ready to write something. You're like, damn, what happened? What happened? Oh, mm-hmm. that was so good. That idea, it was there. I needed it. Or this happened with my kid today and it's like, it's gone. Um, granted, I haven't dived, dove too much into the parenting like side of things. Like, Granted, the well-balanced dad diet itself is a very big like piece of advice and you know parenting stuff. But right now, it's just like I don't. I want to. I definitely want to connect better with my female audience. But it's it's difficult because like you have dad in your title, and they're like, "Hmm, I'm not a dad." But I also want to like. I feel like women want to like suss it out a little bit because like that's just women's like curiosity. They're like, what are they talking about over here? Like, what do these dads think they're doing? Well, I think it's, it is, you're, yeah. I mean, dads that talk about things like what I do, it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit alienating. I think, I mean, even the dad, the other dad bloggers that I uh, have come to know over the course of the last, you know, eight plus years of doing this. I mean, there's a private group where, you know, every week some dad is just going to go like spill his guts and go like, Hey, I'm really frustrated by this, but there, you know, every, all these dads need to I'm a part of like space, six yeah. of those on, I'm a part of like six of those dad groups on Facebook. Yeah. So it's you like, know. um, you know, there needs to be a safe space for you to talk about these kind of things, which is kind of sad in itself. Right. Because mm-hmm. I think there are, you know, I, I can't tell you if you compare the amount of comments I have from dads asking for advice versus the amount of texts I get because of the being anonymous, right? Cause dads don't feel like they need to air this stuff in public. And I think mm-hmm. that, you know, it's up to people like you and I to have conversations that say, Hey, listen, dads can think this stuff too. It's okay. Like, yeah, it's, and that's why I named my blog the way I did because it's it's like I told you before. It's the it's the ability to love something so much that you worry constantly about it. Yeah. So that's it's just, just, that's just being a dad. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, you should feel free to be able to be like that. And I think that sometimes dads, in particular, get so intimidated because the perception is the mother is just so loving and nurturing all the time, hundred percent mm-hmm. of the time, and there's no room for this kind of imperfection of getting frustrated and needing a break and saying, mm-hmm. I need a timeout, dude. Like I can't be around you right now. I don't want to hear the word dad right now. And somehow we give that pass to moms, but if a dad does it, it's kind of like, Ugh, you know, Ugh, that guy's, there he goes, you know, so, there he goes. Yeah, exactly. Right. Let me plug this computer in. Sorry. No, you're fine. And it's, it's so true. I mean, there's, I'm looking at it right now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 12 a dozen podcasts that just i listen to that i'm just connected with that are like cohorts of mine that i like know from talking to them on social media we're doing the same thing different perspective and stuff and it's like i i get it like it's 
we we're all trying to push the same message, which is why it's this community of like dad blogging, dad casting, um, dadding, and all this fun stuff. Like, there's so many like you, awesome people. So let me ask you a question. So one of the I'm a little bit of an oddball. I gather I'm a little bit of an oddball in this space because yeah. I was never a stay at home dad. I was never, and I think that that I think the dad blogging scene kind of got started by stay-at-home dads and I've always felt like it's kind of like oh well you've never been a full-time dad so maybe so do you get any of that I mean I don't know if you've been a stay-at-home dad before but that's the other thing I basically hear from women or stay-at-home dads and it's like everybody that's kind of a centrist just kind of hides in the weeds and like to Mm -hmm. a man will say oh that that really spoke to me but I would never put that thought online you know yeah we're we're like for us you know um, like our Mother's Day post that I posted on our Instagram, you know, we our biological mother wasn't involved in either of our lives. Um, mm-hmm. So that's right there, something completely different. And then from there, it's like Aaron's married, you know, two, almost three kids. Um, they've been together for a really long time, worked through a lot of stuff, and they're they're on the other side of it now. And then you have me that's now single, divorced for after two years, together for five, almost six, and just like, okay, but it's like, where, where's your like credential? You know, where's your badge? Where's your like credential? It's like, you're not a mom. So you can't really talk about parenting. It's like, (laughs) why can't I talk about parenting? Why can't I talk about these things? Why can't I talk about being a dad? Why can't I, you know, bring this stuff up and bring it to light? Because like every kid hopefully has a dad. Every kid has a dad. Ideally, you know, circumstantial, of course, there are some parents and some dads who choose not to be involved. And that's a personal choice. And I'm not going to shame a dad for for doing that and making that choice if it was what truly was best um, for the situation. If you just decide to step out, then, you know, different kind of judgment towards you. But uh, I'm not Mm -hmm. here to judge people. It's not my place. Um, But, you know, it's like everyone kind of wants like a badge of honor or valor. And a lot of people do want to stay anonymous. Like they don't want to talk about this stuff. Men don't want to talk about their mental health or their parenting struggles. They don't want to talk about the hard times or the days where they feel like they've been touched too much, where they need a break. No one wants to talk about that and stuff. Like I'm a part of maybe two, three dad groups on Facebook and these groups, you would be, you probably wouldn't be shocked, but most of them, probably every three to four posts is anonymous, 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 anonymous. It's like, holy crap. Like, and it's like the stuff that's posted in these groups is like, this is, well, everyone's pretty much posting the same thing. Like we're splitting up. I'm having a problem yeah. with my kid. I'm doing this punishment. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And granted those sh- groups are for being inclusive and they're for being together and supporting each other where it's like, sometimes that support that a dad needs is someone to say, okay, do you really want to take away that thing or do this kind of punishment that you're doing? Or do you want yeah. to think this through and think about the like resentment that you're they're going to build towards you? Do you want to think this through long term? Did you think it yeah. through long term kind of thing? And I feel like that's really missed and it's so common. We I talked about this with Aaron last week. Is that it's so common like in our country and our culture? Like, oh shit's hard. Throw it in the trash. I'm out. Marriage over. <laughs> yeah. Deuces. Goodbye. Yeah. On to the next. And it's like the grass is not greener on the other side, my friend. I'm telling you that right now. Yeah. Aaron and I talked about it in the depth last week, but. Like, yeah, divorce, 
sometimes it's needed. It's what has to happen and what is absolutely needed. You drifted apart. You fell out of love. Maybe there was abuse. Maybe there's infidelity. Maybe there was this, yep. that, or the other. But you have to really have to take a step back when it comes to that point and be like, do we really want to throw this away? Like we've worked for on it for this many years. We have yeah. X many kids together. And is it is it worth it? For, in my situation, yes, it was worth it. It was needed. It had to happen. It was better off for everybody. Um, but that's not always the case for everybody. Well, the nice, the, and the nice part about when you start, the good news is that you're not, no one's ever alone, right? And, mm-hmm. But you have to, for dads that's unique, I think, versus moms is you kind of, all you, you kind of have to feel out what sort of dad you're dealing with as a father yourself, mm-hmm. right? Like there's some dudes that are just like, either not there or just there to check the box maybe. And there's other dudes like you and I that are hands-on and insist upon being, like I remember a buddy of mine who does a great podcast Nick, called The Art of Fatherhood, Art Eddie. Yes, he's he, going to be on actually. Um, he's going to be on here yeah, great in a few weeks. So I love his, love great his stuff. Guy. He, he, one of the best interviews he did was with Kirk, Kirk Herbstreet at ESPN. Mm-hmm. And I remember the quote, I think it was something like, dude, I'm the kind of dad that's, like if not on if i'm not allowed to be on the stage because there's too many people i'm in the front row like i'm not asking what we're doing tonight i'm i'm part of creating the calendar and there's and i'm not judging anybody either but that's the kind of dad i am too and exactly you gotta you know the good news is there's a lot of us out there man there's a lot of us out there and it's really empowering to put this stuff out online even if you know and it's not about likes and about sponsorships and all that crap it's just about like hearing different voices and different perspectives because i think that even the fact that so many moms end up reaching out to me tells me that they are just interested in that perspective too they're not getting that perspective in the same way so um you know do with it as you will but it's Mm -hmm. all these dad conversations i mean are really creating a different kind of father when what than what we were raised with probably exactly I think that's a good thing in most cases and we have to evolve, but yeah. And, and, and the funny part is like, I see my children, especially my teens, they recognize how active I am relative to some other parents they mm-hmm. see. Yeah, and I think it. that they are crafting their version of what potentially could be fatherhood or parenthood down the road in my light, which I think is pretty good, exactly. you know? And that's, I think that's, that's kind of my crowning achievement at this point with my older ones. No, I love that. And that's exactly where it should be. And I feel like those moms that are reaching out are really trying to help the dads in their lives, the partners that they have, and really just trying to figure out ways that I can help them. Because I mean, moms will go to the ends of the earth for their kids. Dads, most dads, I will say, will also do the same thing. But of course, there's those moms that are in those situations that are reaching out are probably just really struggling and need that perspective and need that help and are just trying to help someone else. Um, maybe it's their brother, maybe it's their partner, maybe it's someone else that they know that they're really close to. Maybe it's a friend that talked to them and that friend is too afraid to reach out and they're helping bridge that gap. Who knows? Um, there's so many things it could be, but, um, we're getting, we're getting pretty close here. Toby. I know great conversation, a lot of fun, but any, what, what would be your parting thoughts, you know, for, for the listeners, for all the parents alike, um, if you could just give them a, a piece of advice, wisdom, embark your wisdom upon us. Oh, God. 
Oh, I, I, I love this question because everybody's experience is so different. I tell you what, Jay, I, thanks for having me on, by the way. Uh, I really appreciate it. This hour has flown by and it's a tribute to the way you're conversational. So I appreciate it. Um, so there's two things that, so I won't give advice. I'll just tell you how I operate. Um, the thing with my family is we demand two things. We demand honesty and we demand taking the high road. And it doesn't mean we do it every day, right? There are days that are just go sideways and we just can't do that. But we demand it and we try to live by that on a daily basis. And I think that that could be lip service or it could be something that's really a plan of attack and how to deal with the stuff that comes through our lives every day because it's it's messy and it's hard and it's everybody's broke and you need more. You always need more and more time and there's not enough. But if you always are honest with each other, things go so much better because you just get through together and you know, you're getting the straight scoop from each other. And I think as you, as your kids get older, that'll be important to anybody, right? If my kids know I'm being straight with them, they are much more receptive to the message. doesn't mean they like it. doesn't mean they agree with it. doesn't mean they're going to be honest back to me even. But we always try to do that. And then taking the high road is always assuming that folks are acting in a way that they're trying to do their best. Mm-hmm. And I know that they can be that can be misconstrued as naivety, right? So not everybody is a great person. I'm not encouraging people to be naive. What I'm saying is if you start from the perspective of they're trying to do their best, things can go a different way. So like, for instance, this morning, somebody cuts me off on the way to work. And I'm like, what a jerk, you know, blah, 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 blah. Now, if I think, oh, man, what if he's rushing because he's late for a meeting? Or what if he's rushing because he's trying to get to his kid's conference? Mm-hmm. You know, that changes the perspective. So exactly. if I ever tell two people, the two secret sauces that I have are probably the fact that I try to be honest all the time. And I try to take the high road as much as possible. And I think if you do those two things, the rest of the things fall into place, whether it's parenting, life, work, or play, I think that you'll be better for it. I love that. I love that. Well, Tobin, again, thank you so much. If our listeners want to find more of you, they can find you on Instagram at the good bad dad. They can find you on your website, goodbaddad.com. They can find you on Twitter at the good bad dad. And then lastly, common theme here, they can find you on Facebook as well at the good at good bad dad. No <laughs> duh there. Um, but they can find you everywhere. Tobin, it's a pleasure. Thanks so much for coming on and talking and having a conversation with us. It or with me, it was super fun and lightning and uh, keep in touch. Don't be a stranger. Yeah. Don't be a stranger either, Jay. I appreciate it. Tell Aaron, give Aaron my best. And if you ever need me, I'm here for you, bud. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you Uh, listeners. You guys have a good one. We'll catch you next week. Take care. One more thing. One more thing. We really hope that you enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. That was a ton of fun to record. Before we head on out, you might remember Jason Brick, Safe Family on the Block. Well, he just had his book published, Blueprint. Safe Family on the Block Blueprint. It's amazing. I got an advanced copy. It was great. But when he was on, and when we bring him on again, we're going to talk more about this. Last time he was on, Jason mentioned, and he mentioned about school shootings. A controversial topic, a hot button topic here in our in our United States that we live in. If you're living out and about international, thank you for listening. Probably applies to you too. It could help. And you know, we realize it's a problem that's not going away. 
we figured someone should make a course so parents like us can learn how to keep our kids and help make our kids safer. Because, I mean, Congress isn't doing anything about it. Police and schools aren't doing much. So it's up to us. So Jason went and had to build a course, and he's offering it to all of my listeners at a discount. To learn how to assess your school shooting plan, how to learn what your child is capable of in case of emergencies, and the best responses to different shootings in different schools, and how to talk with children about it without scaring them. It's a great course, and Jason's a good guy, so you know it's coming from a good source. And we're putting our voice behind it, because we think it's a great, high-quality product. Use the coupon code YOUNGDADS, that's Y-O-U-N-G-D-A-D-S, in the link in the description, or head over to SaveHisFamilyOnTheBlock.com, use it over there. Both are good to work. And you can thank us later, and we really hope you enjoy, and it's a great way that you can support your favorite podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. We sincerely appreciate you being here. We sincerely appreciate you listening all the way until the end. Hope you enjoyed this episode. We sure had fun recording it. Make sure you head over to the website, fallboymedia.com. You'll be able to see all the amazing things we have going on, the projects, the podcast, the blogs, all the fun stuff we have going on over there. You can also check out that link tree in our in our description on every single episode. That takes you to our deals, to the website, to the podcast, and gives you all the ways to like, rate, and subscribe, and everything that you could want to do. Make sure that if you're listening on Spotify, you stop for a moment, go ahead and drop us those five stars. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button for me. Like the video, comment, and share. If you're on Apple, leave a five-star rating and leave a review for us to read in our next show any other platform make sure you rate review comment and share the podcast with a friend because i know you have friends that you want to share this with lastly make sure you go and follow us at young dad pod on youtube instagram twitter we cannot wait for all that's to come